Our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate. It keeps us pushing forward on this mission. I appreciate it more than you know. To become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio. And I am incredibly grateful for your support. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Will you help me? Will you meet with me? I hear this from so many people. And yes, I will meet with anyone that needs that support. But here's what I don't hear often. Will you help me? I'm a covert narcissist. I now work with hundreds of victims of covert narcissism, individually and in groups. I've received, you know, emails and Facebook messages and TikTok messages from so many telling me that my story resonates with them. It's like we've all been married to the same person. Have you heard that before? But in all these years now of running this, I have had only a few people reach out to me that are self-diagnosed covert narcissists themselves. They told me about their own abusive behavior and they've asked for my help. If I would be willing to meet with them, I jumped at the opportunity each time. Of course I will. I have a burning desire to learn as much as I can about covert narcissism. I've read books, listened to podcasts, watched videos. I've talked with thousands of victims of covert narcissism. But what an opportunity to talk to the covert narcissist themselves. I would never pass this up. Now, like I said, I've got tens of thousands of victims of covert narcissism in my Facebook groups and my mailing list and all of this. So let's put this into perspective here. I have had five covert narcissists reach out to me asking for help and only three that have actually met with me. I am absolutely in the business of helping our world. And if I can help three covert narcissists, I'll take it. How do we help our world? One person at a time. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and I am on a mission to make this world a better place, to raise awareness of covert narcissism and the pain that it creates to help its victims find healing and hope. On this mission, like I said, I've encountered a few covert narcissists themselves who've reached out for help. Two in particular have really stood out to me. Both of them reached out to me by email, and in their emails, they each expressed their concern that they were demonstrating the covert narcissistic traits and patterns that I talk about so much in my podcast. Both of them had listened to many of the episodes of my podcast. Their spouses had been expressing their hurt and upset feelings with them. Narcissism was being discussed, and and the things that I was saying in my podcast episode was actually registering with them. They were both desperate for help. They expressed concern in these emails that maybe I wouldn't be willing to meet with them and that they certainly understood that. They said, you know, I recognize that it might be too triggering or too upsetting for you. And they openly admitted that they had hurt their wives emotionally many times and that they just didn't want to be this way anymore. And if I could find it in me to meet with them. And I said, absolutely. So we began. For one in particular, I asked him to describe to me what was going on in his world. And he began explaining how so badly he wanted to make his wife happy, how he desperately wanted her to be pleased with him, 
And he even admitted that this drive in him was actually making things worse. This drive was causing him to be controlling of her, to suffocate her. I quickly saw his anxiety that was driven by his desire, in his words, to be a good boy. He clearly did not want his wife to be unhappy with him, but his focus was on being a good boy. His focus was on staying out of trouble with her. His way of describing this actually reminded me a lot of some of the conversations between my husband and me. My husband, a full-grown man, used to say to me, am I in trouble? It was like he was a little kid. And I mean, it can be funny and cute in some situations, and I understand that, but this was an ongoing thing. This was a problem. He really was approaching me as though he was a little kid going, am I in trouble? Am I a good boy? Like he couldn't figure it out. Like he really couldn't understand if he really was or wasn't. I told my husband, look, I'm not your parent. You don't get in trouble with me. I don't have a timeout zone, okay? Nor do I want one. You're my husband, not my child. Now, here was a self-diagnosed covert narcissist in my Zoom space telling me about his desire to be a good boy. He's a full-grown man. He was a father of three or four children, and he sounded like a little kid. His desire to be that good boy was causing a lot of issues in their relationship. He was so focused on it that it caused him to check in a lot just to make sure that he's not in trouble. The harder he pushed, the more he was pushing her away. This lack of confidence, lack of belief in oneself goes hand in hand with the constant need for external validation. The constant need to be admired, respected, to be uh, superior. At the same time, though, This constant need for checking in and receiving that external validation from his wife causes the wife to be suffocated, causes her to lose the ability to just be herself. Now, his approach to much of their daily life was actually to be pretty avoidant. Covert narcissists are extremely risk avoidant. They're so afraid of taking a risk because they're so afraid of doing the wrong thing. So they constantly avoid making any decisions about where to go for dinner, where to travel on vacation. That's one extreme. The other extreme is then they go to the point of making all the decisions. Okay, here this guy sat in my Zoom space and he claimed and perhaps even believed that he was doing the right thing in giving her the freedom to make all the decisions. But by his own admission, his wife had clearly managed to communicate to him that this was bringing a large amount of frustration and stress to her. Because the activities that they did and the restaurants that they went to all fell on her shoulders. That's what I lived as well. They were all her responsibility. But here's the kicker. They're not only all of her responsibility, they're then always on her for the blame. When things don't go right, when things, you know, the restaurant doesn't have good food or the servers are a little slow or, you know, the atmosphere is wrong or anything anything that goes wrong, and we all know that covert narcissists are very good at finding those things that are wrong, she now also takes all the blame. You're the one that picked the restaurant. So he dodged taking any responsibility just to stay out of trouble, but lays all the blame on her. He said for a long time he truly did not understand why this upset her. 
He thought he was doing a good thing. He was frustrated because he thought she should be happy with this arrangement. He did not understand her stress about it and was not willing to consider that it actually might be stressful for her to carry all the weight this way. As he was verbalizing this to me, it was clear that he was beginning to grasp the effect that his behavior was having on her. The covert narcissist that I have worked with so far, and I tell you, that's only three. Each one of them have expressed that they are very risk avoidant as they so badly want to be seen as a good person. They carry the huge fear of making a decision because they're so scared of making the wrong one. They are incredibly afraid of failing or of being wrong. And so they don't make any decision. Deeply afraid of being rejected. One of them said to me, well, if I don't try, then that doesn't really hurt that much. Wow. So eye-opening. In other words, doing nothing and having my partner mad at me is easier to absorb than making a perceived wrong decision and thus being a failure. One of the covert narcissists that I was working with said that he lived in a world of shoulds. I should please my parents. I should do good things for my family. I should care for my kids. I want to add something here that really struck me while talking with this man. The more he talked, the more I realized he could just as easily be describing a codependent person. The codependent person wants to make the world around them happy. And they are experts at living under an umbrella of shoulds. I should help everyone fulfill their desires and needs. I should put their feelings before mine. I should sacrifice myself in order to help others. I believe that one of the core differences between a codependent person and a narcissistic person is that a codependent person believes I should please my spouse and the narcissistic person believes my spouse should be pleased with me. Think about that for a minute. I should please my spouse. I should do things that make them feel happy, that helps them to be more at peace with their world. They actually want their spouse to be happy. And when they're happy, I'm happy for them. The focus is on the spouse's happiness. But the narcissist mindset says, my spouse should be pleased with me. Their focus is not on the happiness of the spouse, but rather with how the spouse perceives them. When my spouse is happy, I want it to be because of me. Their focus is on themselves and how that spouse makes them feel when they are happy with me, then I am happy. The codependent person tries to do everything to actually please the other person, and it goes too far, I understand that, but the narcissistic person tries to control the beliefs of the other person, and it goes too far, manipulating them to always believe in the goodness of the narcissist. The codependent person is not looking for the glory for themselves, but the narcissistic person is. The codependent wants to be helpful. The narcissist wants to be seen as helpful. This is a huge difference. And actually then the narcissist always has a back door. They want to be seen as helpful without actually being helpful, by the way. This difference, the clarity of this difference has become so clear to me in working with the covert narcissist that I have. This person I was working with actually voiced some of this. His wife's birthday was coming up and he wanted to buy her a special gift. And he seemed to truly want this gift to be selfless and all about her. But he actually asked me, am I giving her the gift because she will like it? 
Or am I giving her the gift because she will like me for giving it to her? He seemed extremely trapped in this quandary. He did not seem to know how to get her a nice gift with focusing on how it would make him feel when she showed her gratitude. An empathic person enjoys giving someone a special gift and experiencing their enjoyment of the gift. Their smile and happy tears warm your heart. Yes, it feels good to know that you made someone you love happy. There's nothing wrong with this. I found myself trying to explain this to this guy, but there's such a big difference between enjoying them being happy, feeling their happiness with them, smiling because they're happy, and being happy because they are happy with you. Is the focus that they're happy? or that you did a good thing? Are you happy with their enjoyment of the gift or only if they show adequate gratitude? Because that's where the hypersensitivity starts to come in. You didn't show me you were happy enough. Are you happy with their enjoyment, you know, uh, of you as the one who gave you the gift? Narcissistic people can actually end up being jealous of the attention that the gift received. They might try to reclaim your attention by saying things such as, well, aren't you so happy with this gift that I got you? I worked really hard to find that gift. I can't believe how hard it was. I've said before, then in a way, kind of a weird way, codependency and narcissism are two sides of the same coin. I firmly believe that individuals on both sides of this coin are unable to express their own feelings. For the empathic victim of covert narcissism, expressing your own emotions isn't safe. The price for having feelings of your own is just too high. You find yourself guilted, gaslighted, blamed, sabotaged, trapped in circular conversations. So you keep your feelings to yourself. You pretend like everything is okay, and you continue fixing everything for everyone else. I will tell you that covert narcissists also feel like they cannot express their feelings. This isn't because of you, anything you have or have not done. You can do everything in your power to help them to feel safe with you, and it still won't work. You can give them all the space in the world to to be vulnerable with you, and it's still not enough. Because they learned long before that vulnerability is bad and must be avoided at all costs. And now they have shared the effects of this with you. Covert narcissists feel like they always have to be perfect. They always have to be on point. Again, this was validated with the ones that I met with. One said, you know, in the past when I was in a bad mood, I felt like I still had to be on point. I had to pretend that everything was okay and that I had it all under control. And now he's, as he was moving forward, he was starting to acknowledge to his wife when he was in a bad mood and simply tell her. He let her know, hey, something you know, bad happened at work and I'm just not in a good place. And he was feeling kind of off and he asked if he could just take some space for himself for some quiet time. And guess what happened? She was open and accepting to that. She didn't take it personally. She didn't overreact to it. She wasn't hypersensitive to it because she's not a narcissist. And he was shocked. He was so pleasantly surprised that she gave him that space and she didn't get offended by it. And he took the space and he said, then when he came back, she was in a great mood and happy that he had taken that space for himself and they had a great evening together. I was thrilled for the progress that he was making. A victim of covert narcissistic abuse is not free to express their feelings because of the covert narcissist and their reactions, but the narcissist is not free to express their feelings because of their unhealed and unconscious internal wounding. Can they get help? Yes. 
Is it common? No. It's extremely rare because they have to dive into that internal wounding and they have to make themselves vulnerable. And that is nearly impossible for them, but I will not say impossible. Do they mean to hurt you? Some do. Some are just plain mean and evil. However, many do not purposefully set out to hurt you. Many, though, certainly do not mean not to hurt you. I hope this helps in your understanding of covert narcissism. I know that meeting with these few and working with them has greatly expanded my understanding and awareness, and I want to share some of that with you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.